Welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Today we talk a little bit about Kari Coleman committing to Ole Miss. We look at the players that are going to the USFL and Kara McCutcheon joins the show to give you give us her perspective on all things Ole Miss sports. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Hey, today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. With March Madness coming up, Run Your Pool offers a neat little service for you to get ready to go. Um, we'll tell you about it in a little bit, but they're bringing about today's show. Also, thanks for making the Lockdown on Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now, we have a little bit to get to today. Um, today, Kara McCutcheon is going to come on. We're going to talk for 10, 15 minutes with her as the show moves towards its end. Um, we're going to um, go over the USFL players, the Ole Miss players that are going into the USFL, tell you who is going where and who to avoid that does not have an Ole Miss player on it. And Kari Coleman has committed to Ole Miss, and we'll start there. Kari Coleman um, from TCU is going to transfer over to Ole Miss. Now, that leaves Ole Miss with two or three spots available. See, this year there's 32 initial scholarships given. Most of the years is 25, and it's supposed to go back to 25 next year. So coaches took this year as an opportunity to retool their roster completely. And Lane Kiffin is doing a fantabulous job of doing just that. Now, but in doing that, they've been using initials on everything from signing high school players to transfer portals. Anybody that is coming on scholarship is going to have to take up an initial. And I think through our accounts and our tools, counting Malik Heath, we're like 29 initials this far, thus far. So two or three is the magic number after Kari Coleman. And it doesn't matter. Now, I've gotten a couple of questions on Twitter. It's like, what happens if we have 10 players leave um, at the end of spring practice? We're in trouble, right? Well, yes, theoretically, that you would be in trouble. That's a number, that's an 85 number, and you'd have no way to make it back up unless you gave walk-on scholarships. But I will say this. The process players have been processed. I think any player that leaves now is because they're adding a single player or something like that. I don't look for any mass exodus out there. So don't worry overly about that. It's going to be somewhere around the 85 number. Almost half of your roster is going to be overturned. And this is going to be a talented roster. And the rumor is that Kari Coleman's coming in to play linebacker, which is kind of what we were talking about whenever we had the Chance Campbell um, discussion the other day. Because with Troy Brown, there's also somebody that has to replace Mark Robinson. And apparently they view Kari Coleman as somebody that has the tools to do that. Versatility is the name of the game with this defense. You need to be able to do it. The personnel is going to be the 3-2-6. What they're going to do on the field is going to be different. But you're going to see physical outside linebackers like Otis Reese and Aishim Young and um, Ladarius Tennyson and these guys, these box safeties. I had the conversation about that. These box safeties are going to play very, very important roles. They just really are. So 
understand that. Be careful um, thinking that this is meaning anything. They're doing exactly what they plan to do. They brought somebody in that was basically a spread offense defender at the cornerback position, and we'll see exactly how that plays out as far as coaching. Chris Partridge takes over the reins, and now they have somebody from Western Kentucky going into the on-deck circle um, on defense. So I think Kari Coleman is a good pickup, and I think I think the last two, two positions, if it's two, might be three. Like I said, I'm, I don't know the exact numbers there. But if it's two, I think the last two positions that I'm predicting will be Deion Smith and a field goal kicker. Doesn't I don't know if it'll be the guy from USC. The contact um, apparently is going to the Rams. But we'll see how it goes. Nothing can happen between now and um, the end of the semester any, anyway because these players have to go to class, because they have to be eligible before they leave, to be immediately eligible at their new location. So not a lot can happen over the next couple of months, other than the fact that people can really bug the heck out of these guys. And honestly, if they kept recruiting it over and over and over again, you have a chance to turn it because there's nothing that is keeping the recruit um, commit needing to be committed anywhere. That's just the way the transfer portal works. Until that guy shows up on your campus, goes to your meeting or a class, he's not yours. Whether he's committed or not, there's nothing that contractually binds him to the school. Now, the flip side of that is, they could have no contractual binding whatsoever, and you could sign them to um, scholarship papers that binds the school to the player. And honestly, um, that would use up one of the thin numbers. I don't look for them to do that because an initial would be used up if he signs that. And you can still get screwed over by somebody not showing up on your campus. So they're going to recruit him over and over and over again. You know, Kari Coleman, he can do it. He could leave whatever and go wherever. Um, up until the time he goes to class at Ole Miss and you have basically most of the semester um, right now at TCU. So that's two players from TCU, by the way. Got two players from USC, or three players if you include Danny Lockhart. Uh, and you have Zach Evans and Corey Coleman from TCU coming in. So it's kind of interesting to see how it's, how it's playing out. So... Should be a lot of fun. If you got a business, Run Your Pool can help take some of that March Madness or a Madness Magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like we said, like I said, we're running our own brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. That's enter Pure Madness, all one word, um, at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All of the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing you and beating you there.
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So thank you very much, including YouTube. Go to YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the bell for notifications whenever we upload a new video, and of course, upvote the video itself. We'd appreciate it. Thank you very much for watching the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. So, the USFL draft is in the books, and five teams have Ole Miss Rebels on them. They are the Tampa Bay Bandits, drafted with the second pick overall. Now, don't really focus in on the numbers like you do with the NFL draft, because they drafted each round by was by position. So you might have a running back that was drafted in the 30th round, but it was the first time they could draft an outside linebacker or something like that. So just understand that. So Jordan Tamu went to the Tampa Bay Bandits. Tampa Bay Bandits, a little bandit ball. I'm very happy about that. Um, Shea Patterson with the first overall pick goes to the Michigan Panthers. So the Ole Miss 2016 signee and the Ole Miss 2017 signee were picks number one and two in the league. Doesn't mean much. Still kind of cool. Uh, Quincy Adeboyjo went to the Michigan Panthers. Uh, Trey Elston went to the New Jersey Generals. Derek Jones went to the New Orleans Breakers. And DeMarquise Gates went to the Birmingham Stallions. That's five players. The three teams that did not get an Ole Miss player would be the Houston Gamblers, the Pittsburgh Maulers, and the Philadelphia Stars. And the Philadelphia Stars are drafting almost exclusively from spring league players. So, because that's the you know deep dark secret. This is a separate entity, and the first time they've run this. But last year they did all the spring league almost exactly like this. So this is going to be a little bit scaled up version of what they were already doing. In fact, one of the teams last year was called the Generals. They played in a bubble situation similar to they're doing now. And, and it worked out pretty well to the point where Fox got in and threw a ton of money at it. NBC came on board, and you have what you have. And I love the uniforms and everything and the traditional look of the USFL teams. Now, I am a huge Jordan Tamu fan. I've, I've always been a huge Jordan Tamu fan, ever since he came in against LSU in 2017. Whenever he came in and did that and just made play after play after play, you could see exactly... How he was. Now, he's been a practice squad player in the NFL over and over. He's probably had a better pro career so far than Chad Kelly. But that's because Chad Kelly um, was flagged as a personality risk um, fairly early on, and then he messed up. So, it kind of a one-strike you know, deal for him there. So, Jordan Tomu's actually had a better professional career than Chad Kelly and was actually starting over the Washington um, Commanders quarterback um, in the XFL. He was the starting quarterback for the St. Louis Battlehawks and was making kind of a name for himself. He got he got picked up um, by the Kansas City Chiefs off of his St. Louis performance. So 
on the practice squad, jumping around, doing all that stuff. So he has a chance to come out and, you know, play a little bandit ball. Bandit ball. And I'm really looking forward to see that. It, this, this is my team. This is who I will be rooting for, these, the Tampa Bay Bandits. Now, like I said yesterday, almost all of the games, the regular season games, are going to be played at UAB. UAB. Some games are going to be played at Legion Field. The playoffs and the championship game will be in Canton, Ohio at Tom Benson Stadium at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Really cool. The symbolism there is going to be pretty fantastic. And you got TV, TV deals from NBC and Fox. So they're going to use them, especially in the age of streaming devices. You'll see stuff on Peacock. You'll see something on the Fox streamer. I don't know exactly what that looks like because they're kind of behind the eight ball when it comes to streamers. But Jordan Tomu has a chance to, I don't know, rekindle his spirit um, with the Tampa Bay Bandits and to get ready to get himself back to the league. And Steve Spurrier, as most people know, were was the coach of the Tampa Bay Bandits the first time and coined the phrase Bandit Ball. Um, I'm a huge Steve Spurrier fan, love watching everything about it, and I'm an OG Tampa Bay Bandits fan because I'm at the perfect age. If you are in your mid-40s, that means when the USFL happened the first time, you were seven, eight, nine years old. And you were about at the perfect age for the original OG USFL. If you're going up to about eight years above that to where you're in high school, you know, up to about 15, 16, 17 years old, you, the um, USFL could have a pretty special meaning to you. Now, tickets to these USFL games is like $10 a piece, and kids under 14 get in free. Absolutely ridiculous. Kids under like 14 get in for free. So if you want to take a family, it's set up so you can take a family. And you can you got Ole Miss players at Tampa Bay, um, Michigan, New Jersey, New Orleans, and Birmingham, the Birmingham Stallions. So the opener, the New Jersey Generals, and the Birmingham Stallions will feature Trey Elston and DeMarquis Gates. And DeMarquis Gates, as most, most people remember about the AFF, was absolutely dominant for the Memphis Express. He was actually very dominant in the XFL with the Houston um, Roughnecks. He's a good player. For whatever reason, he's not sticking at the top, top level, but just under just below it, he's showing out pretty well. So understand that with DeMarquis Gates. So I, I'm pretty excited about what's going on in the um, USFL and what's coming down the pike. Everybody's like, don't get your hopes up. We've seen these leagues before. Yeah, it just doesn't matter if it doesn't make it. If, if you come into this thing with all of your hopes up and there's nothing in the back of your mind that this could go wrong, that's a you problem. That's not an everybody else. Everybody else can be happy and can be enjoying it and understand that year one through five is about survival. Growth happens after that, but they have to make it to year five before you can grow. I've seen this movie. I followed MLS from its beginning. It almost died in year four. There was contraction. They found a way to um, survive and then succeed. And this model that they're running with the USFL is the same model. So the plan is, and you, just, you can look at what's going on. The plan is 
expansion fees are going to fuel growth in this product. Eyeballs and everything else might not. But eight teams are in the league right now, and they're all in the Eastern and Central time zone. So I expect them to expand on eight teams, probably in, in year three or four or five, and get to 16. The important number is 24. That is the number. That is the number where um, the league starts to look like it's fairly everywhere. And the perception of it changes. 24. So that's still 16 teams away. There's a, there's a lot of water left to flow under this bridge. But it is what it is. But that is the USFL. I am a big fan of it, and I'm ready for it to go. It kicks off in about two months. And we're going to have football in the spring. And I'm very excited about that. Because, let's face it, football is the number one sport in America. College football is the number two sport in America. And then you can drop down to like number seven. And that's the next sport. There's such a gap between anything that's football and anything that's not football. And a spring league absolutely can happen. And the XFL is due here next year. So, should be pretty cool. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and where to fire next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and they even they did a heck of a job with the Olympics as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, so do us a favor and hit subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications of new videos, and of course, upvote the video. Kara McCutcheon comes by, and she's talking about her perspective on what's going on, and we'll probably talk a little baseball, maybe um, a little social media that's going on around the Ole Miss sphere. So how you doing, Kara? Good, good. Happy to be back. How are you doing? Oh, I, I'm doing fantastic. I got my Tampa Bay Bandit shirt on. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Excited. Yeah, so I'm, t- I'm Team Jordan Tamu, um, and <laughs> Tampa Bay, you know, I'm, I'm like an hour from Tampa Bay anyway. So they, as long as they make it to year two and the Tampa Bay Bandits actually play Raymond James, um, then I can go see them play. So I'm excited about that. But this is an OG, yeah. by the way, Tampa Bay Bandit shirt. This is not the okay, new it. Tampa Bay Bandits, the original. I'm excited to go. I, I find it kind of funny how it can actually Shea Patterson and him are still. You know, like Shea goes first and then Tampa is second. And it's kind of funny still to see that dynamic. <laughs> Yeah, the Ole Miss quarterback that was signed in 2016 went number Mm -hmm. one. The Ole Miss quarterback that was signed in 2017 went number two. And they were, yeah, and going against each other. So um, it's interesting to watch those two. I don't know if you see, like, they've ended up on a certain, like, practice squad. I think in Kansas City Mm -hmm. um, and a couple other places, too, they've kind of fallen together. So it's funny to watch that story and, like, just see those two kind of keep ending up in the same areas. Are, Are you familiar with all the players that got drafted? Um, I saw a few that, yeah, I saw Trey Elsley got drafted. Um, 
and then I saw a few of the other guys, but I can't think of their names right off my head. But I did see yeah. Trey. Yeah, Trey went to New Jersey. Derek Jones went mm-hmm. to um, New Orleans. Quincy Adebojo mm-hmm. went to Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, DeMarquis Gates went to Birmingham. So five five out of the I eight saw. teams has an Ole Miss player. I saw a couple of them go out there. Um, but, yeah, I was happy to see Elsa's back and, like, uh, Tay almost lived. So I, it'll be interesting to watch. And uh, I think it starts in April, that yeah, and, and like I, I explained earlier in the show today, um, but you know most of the games are at um, UAB Stadium, and then they have a couple of games at Legion Field. So yeah, everything will be in Birmingham this year. So let's move on to the baseball game that ended yesterday. Um, it went five innings ish. Um, Ole Miss won fifteen to five. Kevin Graham had seven RBIs. That's probably RBIs, the yeah. the story of the game. Um, but other than that, it was a pretty pretty much a snoozer game, and the left fielder for Arkansas State just had a shocker. Oh, my goodness. It was terrible. Yeah, and then uh, I think Leatherwood didn't even give anybody time to fill up their beer uh, to do another shower. So, yeah. um. <laughs> you know, I sit here and think about it. We have Tim Elko, and we have Kevin Graham, and we have all these home run hitters, but the guy that might be pound for pound the champion of the home run swing on Ole Miss's roster is Hayden Leatherwood, I think. I, I, gosh, he's, his bat is on fire. Like, just mm-hmm. watching these guys, like, this offense, I don't want to juice, but I'm so excited just watching them. And I know we haven't gotten to the level of competition quite yet um, where you can really judge, but just watching these guys and the talent we have, like, in this, like, lineup, has I'm super excited. Uh, yeah. I, I, just a few things I saw really was – Relief pitching kind of had some issues, um, but otherwise, well-rounded um, team. Like a lot of talent there. Uh, I, I'm kind of on the Omar or bust <laughs> train right now. So, yeah, and 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 it's like I say, whenever I do the post-game pods and everything, it's like these games don't necessarily matter. They will not keep you mm-hmm. out of Omaha. They will not keep you out of a regional. But your margin for error for seeding in the future goes down with each one of these that get away. So if you take care of business, which they have thus far, and this weekend it gets a little bit more tough, and next weekend it gets a little bit more tough than that, even though John Rice Plumley, we will not see, he did not get cleared of his waiver um, to be eligible at Central Florida. So he will, will not be playing whenever Ole Miss goes down and takes on the Knights in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's sad. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking, I probably won't, but I was thinking about going over there for, the, for a game. Um, but I, I probably won't. I'll probably um, – it's getting pretty close to pool weather here. So, I may mm-hmm. just get in the pool, drink a beer, and um, watch the game um, <laughs> while floating on a pool noodle. Yeah. <laughs> We're not quite there yet, but uh, it's Texas. <laughs> so, we could be there tomorrow for all we know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was 87 degrees today. It, it was, it, it's getting there. The pool water is up at about 72 degrees, and it needs to get to about 78 for it to be really, really refreshing where you want it to be. Well, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's not far. We're probably three, three or four weeks away from being able to do that. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, going back to the baseball team, I was impressed this past weekend, even though we were playing Charleston Southern and they were completely overmatched and all of this. I, I talked about all of this, but I was impressed with John Gaddis. I was, um, I, I got my eye on Derek Diamond um, because <laughs> he started the game at ninety three and threw, and Charleston Southern couldn't hit him. He, he just pitched around them all crazy at 93. 
But by the fourth inning, he was at 88, and they could catch up to that fastball. So he, he was having trouble pitching. He was pitching just like he would as, was at 93, but he was throwing 88, and they were able to hit it, and, and, and they scored a couple of runs one inning. Um, so I, I'm going to pay attention to that. Um, John Gaddis, I love the way he operates. He's so fast. He just gets the ball and go. Just gets the ball and go. Um, and on Sunday, Drew McDaniel, that's, that's a guy between him and Jack Washburn. Um, I think by SEC time, they're, they've got a little bit of a battle to be the Sunday starter. I'm excited. Um, I know kind of last year with uh, so Derek Diamond, um, <laughs> I know last year like there was a few times where he kind of hesitated or if he would make a mistake, it was a little bit like it affected his game. But you can totally see that maturity is kind of hit mm-hmm. from the last um, his last he played. Like He's kind of learned to brush that off. And, like, just um, I think he had what, like eight strikeouts. Like, I think his uh, – he had about a 3.2, I want to say, ERA that he um, ended the game with. But he still, uh, besides a couple, a few things, like he has definitely improved. There's definitely been some maturity there. Um, and so, uh, yeah, is definitely excited about that. That kid, like, yeah, uh, he, a, lot of, a lot down there. <laughs> yeah, he, he's always been a guy that's just needed to pitch the next pitch. Mm-hmm. Just let it go, pitch mm-hmm. the next pitch. Mm-hmm. and And that looks like, he, he was able to rebound in the fifth inning on Friday after a shaky fourth. And mm-hmm. he's had trouble doing that in the past. I agree. And so I think just some of that, uh, just seeing that in him and so that, like I said, maturity like and growth, like there's still room for development. But, I mean, I think the kid's going to do so well this season. Yeah, and I, I like the way this team is being on the base path right now. Even though they're playing in Arkansas State or Charleston Southern, uh, they've just completely committed to being aggressive on the base path and put them under pressure. All team sports is getting your opponent to speed up to a level that they're not comfortable. And that does that to teams like Charleston Southern and Arch- Arkansas State. If you're just aggressive on the base path and because of that gives you a little bit more margin for error in these games, mm-hmm. games that might be a four to two game, all of a sudden it's a five to four win because you are able to get people in scoring position. Yeah, I see a lot of similarities that Obianco is doing um, kind of as an Astros fan. So the Astros kind of had the mentality of being big hitters and like, getting a, a lot of home run, uh, not so much with a small ball, but if they can get going, like, they just build their runs and it kind of left some open. So I kind of see a little bit of similarities from how the Astros style uh, game and kind of what Ole Miss is doing and just yeah. – you sure you want to talk about the Astros? Aren't they the bad boys? Oh, in baseball? I always want to talk. I always want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Um, socially, Ole Miss um, picked up Kari Coleman in the transfer portal, which means Ole Miss has two or three spots remaining um, before June 1st. So they're going to be selective in who they take. Um, what are your hands socially? What, what's going on? I know, like I said, I know you have projects going on now, so you haven't been as involved in the Twitter space realm. But have you been hitting that? Um, no, it's kind of slow right now. Um, a lot of basketball, a lot of shift to focus um, onto NBA and MLB. Uh, as far as um, Colin, um, I'm pretty excited about him. He had a really explosive uh, first season. I think he mm-hmm. had 30 total tackles and just like this guy was just extremely so. I think he got hurt though, was out a couple games. So I'm excited to see him kind of come in. Hopefully he's healthy and fresh and just see what he can do up that edge. Um, but I also read there's talk that he might be moved to a linebacker. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to kind of see where that thing goes there for him. 
Uh, as far as Twitter, we're, there's a lot of talk, um, having a little back and forth with Texas about Mathis. Uh, of course, the arch talk continues. Um, as far as in the social world, though, a lot of shift right now is football's kind of slowed down a little. Yeah, everybody's kind of catching their breath. Um, mm-hmm. Kari Coleman and his linebacker thing, I, I think he either Ole Miss is too smart for their own good mm-hmm. or – he can do things that's excited them. They, they've noticed stuff in development, similar to Mark Robinson. They're trying to recreate mm-hmm. a Mark Robinson. But my thing that I need to caution people about, in 2005 or 2006, we recruited a kid out of Miami named, um, I think, Danny Fortson. And he was recruited as a linebacker. But the whole time he played high school ball, he had his head on the ground. So everything that he grew up and developed was as a hand-on-the-ground defensive end. But we wanted him as an outside linebacker because he was 205 pounds. And he just couldn't pick it up because he was so used to playing with his hand on the ground. So I do caution people whenever they get a player um, that is used to playing with his hand on the ground and you want to take his hand up and let him play linebacker because it is a different position, that second level. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Card Coleman can do what needs to be done. I think he is, in their eyes, another Mark Robinson. And that's what they are looking at at the linebacker position because for what he can bring. I agree. He's a good size. Um, I think like we could see Tyler on both. Um, I've watched a little bit of his film. Uh, it's a dad bit. And like the guy when he's uh, ready, like 2019, just he was a beast. I'm sorry, 2020. Um, 2020. Yeah. He was just a beast. Um, 2019 was his recruitment year. <laughs> uh, but just watching him and um, hopefully he's healthy. Uh, hopefully, like we'll see. It looks like the rest of the season after he is, he had a great uh, season, good stats. So, definitely interested to see some of the stuff he's doing. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up to see the old Miss Horn Trojans this this fall. Um, <laughs> Horn Trojan, yes. <laughs> so, and yeah, and a lot of people are talking about the other edge rusher from TCU. I'm not expecting him to go to Ole Miss at this yeah. point. Um, I think one of the spots that they have set up is is earmarked for Deion Smith. So if he gets available, he's going to get it. So that's going to lead to. I think they need a kicker um, because whenever um, Lane Kiffin looks at this spring practice, he thinks this he's going to think this team can do special things, and he's not going to be willing not to have them. Nothing against Kell Nation. He just wants three points that he can count on, just mm-hmm. as a weapon. So that's two. So maybe one more slot after that that's going to go to the best available. That's that's my prediction right now. There's a lot to be excited about what's coming from this team and what's happening in the portal. Um, I think some things over when you hear like Chris Kiffin uh, has left. Um, the another guy I can't remember just hired also. Uh, Mo Crom. And yes, both into the NFL. Thank you. Uh, I think that like makes people a little shaky, but I mean just. The decisions they're making, these that are still coming in, like I think that there's some great moves. Um, I like who Lane's looking at uh, to bring in on that co-defensive side. That's a really up-and-coming guy. That's, I see nothing but great things about him. I hear nothing but great things about him. So definitely to be excited for. Um, not exactly sure what happened there with Chris, but um, I don't really see it as a tell sign. I, I think he got here and freaked out with how much recruiting has changed in the last five years. Mm-hmm. I think I honestly think that happened. It's like I have to do what for seven, 70 hours a week and then do mm-hmm. my job? Because yeah, it's just a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because Matt Luke went through, is going through something similar to that. It's like, no, no, I'm, I'm just burnt out on this because 
it's a crazy environment right now. And I've got a question for you, actually. So through NIL and what you see are these fan sites going in with these NIL collectives and using the NIL group as their service um, going onto these fan sites. So there'll be somebody at Rebel Grow, there'll be somebody at On3, you know, and they all are doing this. Now, the question that I have to ask is, they like to talk all the time about how unbiased they are and how everything's straight down the middle with what they report. And you can always believe what they're saying. But now, how can you say that when you are financially invested in a player? Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, hmm. I think that definitely puts some bias there. You're going to see uh, a lot less sort of... Um, a lot more highlight, maybe. <laughs> um, louder excuse, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I think that there's definitely some issue there with that. Um, yeah, if you are, let's say, I'm not going to name any names, but if you have a player that you are connected with and he comes through and does a podcast every week or whatever, you have agreement with him. And that player goes out and um, goes to the library, gets a PD and an assault charge. Why are you... Why are you going to report that? Are you going to affect the NIL NIL deal at all? Or are you going to try and protect that money that you are invested in and might maybe just sweep this under the rug and see if somebody else can find it? Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of like easiness right now with some of these NIL deals and these collectives that are happening. Um, There's a lot of free range right now. There's not a lot of regulation. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's definitely going to be an interesting date to see some of these guys um, and how they're reported on. And another thing is, are you going to see them reported on more than you would see some of these other players who are not um, being financially uh, supported by these and, and And are you going to see them reporting on other sites in IL deal <laughs> as, a, as kind of a joint brand thing? And also, um, in the name of NIL and all that, and we talk about that, we haven't even gotten into the fact that this is going to be something that is against universities. Because these NIL collectives, there's no benefit. There's no ancillary thing. There's no there's no glad-handing that happens donating to them. So the school, if you are have the ego and want to be recognized, you have to donate to the school, which means you're not going to donate as much to the NIL collective which could cause all sorts of problems. It, it, I'm telling you, this NIL thing is just crazy. So there is actually someone I know who runs the Gator Collective for Florida. And his model and just what he's told us about that, what he does, it's actually pretty interesting um, in how he sets it up and these appearances he does with these people. And he has them on like Twitter spaces or certain events where they come and you can uh, basically meet some of the players or just different um I don't know if there's a podcast, but he just has all these different avenues and he gets the players out there and he, and I, is that, is that David um, Waters? No, no. no. Um, Cause he's always advertising for the Gator Collective. I just, I wasn't sure. No, the guy who runs it, his name is Eddie. Eddie. Um, okay. But he, he really set up a great model um, on this. It's, it's pretty intelligent and like the stuff he does and how he gets everyone involved in this and what he, and how he models it and what he asks for to be a part of the Gator Collective. And I think to just be a part of it, you donate like, I think it's like $8 a month or something to that level. And, um, but these people feel a part of these things and he has all these, hosts all these events and he, he goes and he talks to these parents and the parents are involved and, um, 
but he, I mean, it, it's really interesting. Um, I, I think he did a really good job at and how he approached this. Um, I don't think others have done as well, <laughs> but, um, there is a way to be successful at it. You just have to, how you model it and what you do. And, and one of his biggest things is he brought people into it and he makes people feel a part of it. And that like, he makes it feel like it's the fans are all doing this together as a, like for the program, you know, or to support these. So well, my, my point is, and at the, any, any collectives that Ole Miss has, none of those and how you support that and what you donate to it is going to get the Sandy and John Black Pavilion named after you. Right. Yeah. Those ancillary ego trips that, let's face it, you know, people people donate the money because they want the, the recognition. Um, those don't dis exist yet with the collectives. Now, the collectives might expand and become a mind of their own, but these universities and collectives are going to compete against each other eventually. True. Yeah. Like, like Clemson has what they call IPTE, um, which stands for I pay, I pay 20 a year. The Clemson Collective, whenever they do that, is going to really, really hurt IPTE. So if you see IPTE on their field, because they actually have it painted on the field, because they people send so much money in through their IPTE thing. But now that 20 bucks can be going to some sort of a collective, and all of a sudden, you know, I think capital campaigns are kind of a thing of the past. Yeah, um, it's definitely going to reshape how they do their fundraising and how they do the, the donors. Um, definitely going to be interesting as people kind of model their NIL outside of what they're doing to bring in donations for the athletic departments. Okay. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Tomorrow we will continue with our spring pre-spring pre storylines. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front office. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Kara, thank you so much for stopping by. Let's do it again next week. Yes, thank you for having me. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.